I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but this is the week 12 recap with the college football series in here on the Matt Barry Show, ESPN College Football YouTube channel, as we do every Sunday. Matt Barry, Paul Feinbaum, break down the day that was. There was already some news on a Sunday morning. We had the big news last week with Jimbo Fisher, not quite in the same stratosphere, but after eight seasons, Dino Babers let go as Syracuse's head coach by our former boss and Syracuse athletic director, uh, John Wildhack. Uh, Paul, this used to be a, a job and now it's a challenge. What do you, what do you make of this news early on? Yeah, I, I just think we remember, Matt, six or seven years ago interviewing Dino, uh, as I'm sure you did, right after I think he upset Clemson. And the guy was on top of the world, and it just it just happens. And, you know, I, I would like to say, you know, he's in a really tough league, but I can't. Uh, he got a lot of time, and it didn't work out. I hate it, but uh, I've seen John Wildhack fire other people, so wasn't that surprising. <laughs> yeah, and you look, and I'm glad you mentioned the part about had time to get it right. And and he did eight years. Everyone who watches this show, and if, if you haven't watched it, I'll, I'll give you my stance again on college coaches. You shouldn't be dismissed before three years, unless there is scandal, unless there is anything other than off the, on the field production. I think three years is the first time you might want to consider getting rid of a guy that's not working one year. You're laying the foundation. Two years, you want your foundation to take. By year three, you should have the majority of your players, especially in the transfer portal era. And if it's not headed in that right direction, because I think four is the year where you could say, okay, this is going to work or it's not. And so Dino Babers got that double and then some. And I bring this up, Paul, because you look at some of the other happenings around college football. We'll get into some of the results. But let's go with a couple of year two coaches that I want to discuss. And, and one of them was the end of Florida, Missouri last night when Florida had the game won. ETN did not get out of bounds, which we did the math in studio. Mullen and I were doing the math. Had he stayed in bounds, that would have taken another 30 to 38 seconds off the clock. Plus the kick, 40 seconds would have been off the clock, which means the third and seven or fourth and 17 would have never happened. And Florida would have gotten out of there with a win. And now they've got to beat Florida state to be bowl eligible for Billy Napier. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of two years ago in Auburn, uh, Tang Bigsby is, went out of bounds. He stayed in bounds. Uh, Auburn would have been, Brian Harson would have beaten Nick Saban. Uh, and I, he probably still wouldn't be there, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> It's interesting. Florida has had, by my uh, pop math, three games that have come down to the final play. Uh, they won. They won the game in South Carolina right before I think the end. Uh, but the last two weeks they've lost games, which I, I think goes to your point. Um, if you fire Billy Napier, I mean, you're you're firing coaches on the line. Uh, and and I, I think next week is very important, though. Uh, yesterday, uh, I mean, I've talked to people that. Two weeks ago, no way. Yesterday morning, it could happen. But, uh, you know, you, you lose a the quarterback, they lose a the quarterback. I, I don't – I mean, short of an embarrassment, uh, I think he'll – I don't know. It just seems like he's going to, going to survive. Uh, but it's still tricky. Yeah, and look, he's got a lot of youth on that team. And Graham yeah. Mertz goes out, we expect, for the season. Um, and that's kind of a segue to the game next week because – 
the probably one of the most catastrophic injuries we've seen in quite some time in college football. And it happens to a college football playoff contender. Uh, the last time that I could remember an injury this devastating uh, to a team that was going to be playing for a national championship potentially was Ohio state. When they went through Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones in 2014 and Jordan Travis's injury yesterday. It's just, it's sad that, that this kid had gotten to this point to get Florida state to this point. And now he's not going to be able to see it through. And then now Tate Rodemaker's the backup. He's got Florida next week in a battle of the backups. And just a, just an awful day if you're a Florida State fan and an awful day for Jordan Travis. Yeah, I mean, I found myself watching two games yesterday. I never dreamed I'd be watching that. And I know you were you could say the same. I, I, I was watching that game against North Alabama. I wasn't even sure where it was. I just finally found it. I live in an ACC market. So it happened to be on CW. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would have eventually found it. Um, and then the uh, the game that's really not worth talking about, and, and that's New Mexico State and Auburn. But I, I haven't seen anything quite like that. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I know what the CFP experts are saying. It shouldn't affect them. I, I know what Danny Cannell is saying, who's the chief spokesperson for Florida State. But I know what I'm saying, and I, I think it hurts their chances very badly. Uh, if we get uh, if we don't get chaos the next two weeks, uh, they have a, their schedule good. The LSU game no longer looks elite, uh, but good. Uh, and I think they could get squeezed out. Wouldn't bother. Yeah, and, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, and look, and it's a perfect time to discuss it because, I, and I hate having this discussion, but it's just the fact of the matter. And, and Heather Dennis was was on campus last night watching games in the green room, and I kind of went toe to toe with her about it because I said, this is going to kill the ACC. And she's like, well, well, why? I said, well, because like the, the, their playoff team just lost their star quarterback. And let's just say they go and lose to Louisville in the ACC championship game. Well, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I know, but you have to project forward. You have to, because this is a team. And I know Johnny Wilson star, Keon Coleman star, they are loaded. Trey Benson, Lowen's Toa Feely. They're loaded. There, there's no question about it. But the thing that makes this go is a star quarterback. Galloway made a great point yesterday during television and said, if I'm Florida State, I go and I air it out a hundred times a game over the next two weeks to show the committee that we're still right. playoff worthy. Because now, Paul, when you look at this big picture, I don't like I don't know if that he can get by Louisville. Maybe he can, but let's just say he can and it's underwhelming. Are you telling me that they are still one of the top four teams in the country without Jordan Travis? I'm telling you right now, they're, they're not one of the four best teams in the country. And, uh, you know, I don't care what everyone says and, uh, you know, things change. And, and right now we're still looking at a, at an, at a, at an imperfect masterpiece. Uh, you know, two weeks from now, there won't be any more debate. And, you know, we'll just start measuring them up against a lot of other schools. And uh, I'm, I'm not jumping the gun here. I'm just saying they're, they're, they don't belong uh, without, without Jordan Travis. I mean, he's the singular reason uh, why Mike Norvell brought this program back from the dead. And that cannot be discounted. And we're, we're going to end up getting uh, another, uh, another mismatch somewhere along the way, because I mean, we're talking about heavyweights and uh, you're going to leave uh, Georgia home. Uh, if if Alabama wins that game on a field goal, or you're going to, right. uh, you know, uh, yeah, even even the Michigan Ohio State loser, I think, uh, which I would not have said earlier, I think is going to have something to say. 
and, and that's the, and that's not all. And that's not all. I mean, there are there are some other ones that will have a, a you know Texas, assuming it got squeezed. You know, I I don't like their chances at all, and I respect Heather like you do. She knows more about the mindset. She's in the I room. Think that mindset is going to change uh, two weeks from now. Because, look, and it's a, it's a it's a great point with where we are headed because I that that was the conversation yesterday in the studio. What the Jordan Travis injury did is it opened up mm -hmm. for everybody else that you thought, well, maybe we're going to need some help. Like an example for me would be. Let's say Oregon and Washington go down to the last play in the Pac-12 championship. If that's Washington's only loss, yeah. Oregon's getting in, Washington's getting in. Then you've got chaos you mentioned in the SEC. I don't think anyone would discount Alabama beating Georgia because it's Nick Saban and he loves this team. And then you look to the Big Ten. The Big Ten champion is going to get in because they're playing Iowa in the Big Ten championship. Right Now, the one thing that I will say – I thought for a minute I was with you that the loser of Ohio State Michigan could get in like they did a year ago. I am of the opinion that the second Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan's done. No, I, I agree with you on that. I, yeah, the I, committee I was was, would, I totally they agree. would like that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Michigan's got nothing to go for it. Um, and yeah, let's not waste too much time on Michigan. I'm, I feel like I've you know, Jim Harbaugh is living in my in my house right now, um, but I, I I think he's you know again let's I'm, I'm not it's not a critical issue yet but it's about about to be but you said the most important thing I heard and by the way it counters what I said about Billy Napier Florida State goes in there uh, they're not trying to win the game they're trying to destroy the opposition and I think if they did that uh, I might have a different opinion next uh, next Saturday night or Sunday morning, because that is, you know, that is still a very impossible place to play. And Florida has been good, except one day uh, in that in that place. So that that's a big game. Uh, and it's it's a big game for them to dominate, too. For numerous reasons, because Florida still needs to get bowl eligible. And I don't know who would have thought that at the beginning of the year that Florida was going to be fighting for bowl eligibility and they find a week of the regular season. You touched on, you know, let's let's get the Michigan stuff out of the way. So there's some other storylines I want to pick at. I admittedly, I was in Pitt calling the Pittsburgh game on Thursday night, doing a bunch of stuff related to that. I had had Michigan fatigue and admittedly, I won't admit something on this podcast that could get me in trouble like some other people have this week, but <laughs> I admittedly was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to put all the Michigan news aside for a couple of days because I got other right. stuff going on. And all I saw was the reporting that they were going to accept the suspension. Then I saw that Partridge was out. I and then I started thinking, well, I wanted, I literally wanted to pick up the phone to Pete Thamel and be like, hey, what does all this mean? So I know you were in it all week. Can you tell me what this means? The the Harbaugh accepting the suspension, firing parts. What what did all this what did all this mean last week with Michigan? Yeah. I think what it means is that all the bravado was for nothing. Uh, and I'll spare, I'm not looking for any more food fights with, uh, you know, washed up wrestlers and, and, and others, but the point being, uh, Michigan, Michigan lost. I mean, I literally saw somebody, uh, a respected person, not just a, you know, some idiot. I mean, one of the top people in the college football, uh, digital slash, uh, you know, reporting column frame report on 
Thursday afternoon. This is a win-win for Michigan. I mean, there that is a, the most untrue statement I've ever seen. This was a loss, a colossal loss for Michigan. It got worse with the news of Partridge. It got worse as the day went on. And, and I still haven't completely digested what Bruce Feldman said yesterday, but he has been the one person all year Matt, who's been who's been who's who's been calling things. He called Jimbo's departure in, in September. This guy is is plugged in. I know that's not a popular thing to say when you when you work at the Worldwide Leader, but he 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 is. And he reported on Saturday that there's there's some talk that Harbaugh could be suspended for the entire 24 season. If 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 an ounce of that is true, this is this is a complete and utter disaster for the University of Michigan because there's so much discovery that the NCAA has already uncovered uncovered that doesn't necessarily equate doesn't equate at all to what what the uh, you know the, the four horsemen of Notre Dame PR have been saying and and I think it leads many to believe that Harbaugh will will look for any exit he can it, it will stop them from giving him the extension it doesn't mean that much for t- today but it means a lot for tomorrow yeah and, and I'm okay because as I was looking at it and not really diving in, which I plan to do this weekend because it's leading into the biggest, biggest game of the year between those two. To me, in the very surface level of this, Paul, it looked as if Michigan was like, holy, we they, they found stuff. And rather than fight it, because this whole time it's like, we're being picked on. We're the victim. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. We're going to fight it. Free Jim Harbaugh. Well, how do you go from free Jim Harbaugh, we didn't do anything, we didn't do this, to accepting the suspension you were going to fight, firing a coach, all of this was in the matter of 24 hours if you didn't do something? Well, this is very much like politics today, Matt. Uh, just attack the messenger. Uh, it doesn't matter what's true, what's not. And and that's the one thing that Michigan fans have been effective at, is just trying to smear uh, anyone who who at least dares to look at this objectively. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be in Auburn Saturday. I, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I really could have, I mean, I'd love to be at this game, but being around that fan base right now, I mean, they, they are, they're an angry mob and they have no reason to be. Yeah. It's, it's look, and we'll see this play out. And ultimately, you know, we had our first top six on college football final last night and I had Michigan, out of the top five, woke up to a bunch of hate tweets about that. And if we just go based on the field, you still can't tell me who Michigan's played. They've played Penn State. Their no. second best one is Rutgers. I mean, so you like on the field, I get it. They're dominating the throwing game right now. JJ McCarthy's been struggling. So even the football aspect of it right now hasn't been great. But as it does every year, it's going to play itself out. And I'll have, yeah. And Matt, tell me this, uh, you know, without Harbaugh or without maybe the benefit of the signs, this does not look like an elite team right now. If you look based on post-sign revelation, I mean, it has not been great. But if they go out next week yeah. and they stump Ohio State, sure. they're gonna beat they're gonna beat Iowa, unless Iowa, you know, finds some quarterback hanging out, you know, on the side of the street, an offensive coordinator that can that, that can call plays. You're, you're they're gonna win the Big Ten championship, and so this is gonna play itself out. But it's really been a fascinating story to break down because I can't remember the last time we've had a program. And this type of power position during a season go down this spectacularly off the field. Yeah, the, the only time I can, the only point of reference is really uh, Auburn in 2010 when the Cam, the Cam yeah. Newton, Newton story broke around the same time 
uh, it was settled by the week of the of the SEC championship yep. game. Which was, uh, settled might not be the best way to describe <laughs> it. It was pushed under the rug. Okay, <laughs> that point taken. Uh, they just do things different in the SEC. Um, speaking of the SEC, you you glanced at it, and it's not going to get much attention. We had it on college football final and, and, and a brief highlight of it, but I was very impressed and have been with what Hugh Freeze has done year one at Auburn because it was left in such a nasty spot with the Brian Harson departure, got them bowl eligible. You're thinking they're going to move to seven and five against New Mexico state. who was a good team last year has been fighting a little this year, but Paul, that wasn't a loss to a team that you paid 1.8 million to. That was an absolute drubbing at home from New Mexico state with Auburn final score in this one was 31 to 10 and all of the goodwill that Hugh had built up in year one seemed to vanish in the span of four quarters. It did. And I think what was surprising was uh, (laughs) Auburn got beaten on on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, I mean, it looked like Auburn was the team uh, playing the cupcake role for New Mexico state. Uh, Having said all that, and and I, I'll never forget 2007, Matt. Uh, I didn't go to the game because why? Why would I? Uh, but you know, but getting a halftime score and then getting a, somebody calling and say you better start paying attention when La Monroe beat Nick Saban in the exact same spot. Yeah. And I'm not trying to suggest Hugh Freeze is going to go on and, and win six national champions, but I am suggesting that the program I think is in pretty good shape. They, they, you know, New Mexico State and Jerry Kill. I mean, they're they beat Hugh Freeze last year. I don't think we paid much attention to it as a 24 point favorite because Freeze was going to Auburn. His team had checked out. Uh, I just think you got yeah. This sounds like an excuse. It's not. You got young guys who just simply don't care. They're not listening to the coach when he says this is a good team. Uh, they're thinking about you know getting their friends tickets for the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they're bowl eligible, it's just the way we are. I am not going to uh, melt down on this because I I, I I think I think the unhappiest person in the country because of that was Nick Saban. He probably walked in his house and kicked the door going, OK, two years ago, we were in the same spot. Why do I always have to go to Auburn when none of my when nobody cares about the game? Yeah. And that's a great point. And it's a great uh and now, not analogy, Sunday stupid, but that's a great comparison point with what happened to Nick Saban in year one at Alabama when he had that loss. Look, by the way, the I line love- the line's already moved from ten to fourteen and a half. See, and that's what happens. And and Hugh Freeze, we believe we both like him. We both know he's a really good coach. There is going to be growing pains in a rebuild. And I get it. The Auburn fans are beside themselves this morning. Look, calm it, down. Just, just give it time. Like you can't. You can't get so irrational over everything so quickly. Hugh Freeze is going to get that thing going. You and I both know it, but you're yeah. right. Now you think he's got this team's attention now going into Iron Bowl week? No, I I mean they're 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 not a they, I would say this Auburn team is better than the one 2 years ago uh that led Alabama 10 nothing. And by the way, that was a good Alabama team. You know, yeah. Bryce Young was on his way to a Heisman trophy. Uh, they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. So that wasn't like, you know, one of Nick Saban's worst teams, like we thought this team was. Uh, so I, I also don't want to tell you, Matt, having covered that game for 40 years, that anything can happen. 
but Auburn's nowhere near Alabama right now, but it, it's, it, it, I don't like for Alabama that everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They won big. They had a banner day. Uh, their, their fans are already looking ahead to Georgia. They, you know, they, they'll hear the throw out the record books and the, you know, the, all the great iron bowls, but Nick Saban, uh, Jordan Hare stadium has been his Waterloo. Yeah. And uh, rivalry weekend, anything can happen. And and I don't know that it'll happen this next weekend, but we've, we've seen crazier things. And Paul, you certainly know that rivalry better than anyone. I do want to head out West because the biggest storyline during the week after Jimbo Fisher got fired, dust settled reports started to emerge that Chip Kelly was going to be fired as head coach of UCLA following the USC game. Well, I don't know if people watched the USC UCLA game, and even Dan Mullen fired it out on Twitter. He's like, are we sure we have the right coach on the high? Way to go, Dan. I mean, USC seven and five with top three talent with one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in college. They got absolutely pummeled this week and pretty much the rest of the back half of the season. What a disaster for Lincoln Riley in year two. I don't know when I've seen a worse coaching job by anyone than Lincoln Riley this year. It's a complete disaster. And quite frankly, uh, he ought to, he ought to pack up. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see what his path is moving forward. He, he blamed everything on Alex Grinch. They, they haven't been any better. They've been worse. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe Lincoln, you ought to look in the mirror. Maybe you're just a total fraud as a coach. Maybe you just lived off of a couple of Heisman candidate or Heisman winners uh, and, 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 and what, what, what Oklahoma did for you and all the people in Oklahoma who were heartbroken uh, two years ago and who never thought they'd get over that, uh, that, that blow off, get it, it. They're over it now because uh, Lincoln Riley is not, is nowhere near the coach that we all collectively tried to make him out to be. And have you ever seen a college se- season ruin more than, than what Lincoln Riley did for Caleb Williams? Uh, I mean, we are, I mean, I, I, I said this a year ago right here that I thought it was really a shame that Bryce Young uh, had such a terrible senior, uh, you know, final year. It wasn't a senior year, but it was his final year. He lost two games. <laughs> what I should have said it. I did. What a terrible rookie season he's having in the NFL. But I did. <laughs> but, but I mean, Kayla, I mean, you have a, a generational quarterback, and you finished seven and five. I could. They were eleven and one last year, and hit the portal harder than anyone, as hard as anyone, and brought in talent. I mean, they were loaded. And if you would have asked me, "Hey, Matt, what's the worst record Lincoln will have this year?" I'd say, "Well." I think they're a playoff caliber team. They were 11 and one last year, added talent. I'd say maybe 11 and one, 10 and two is the worst they could go, but that's if Caleb get hurt. I w- you couldn't have bet me a million dollars that seven and five was even in the cards. Seven and five and non competitive is where we're at with USC. Yeah. And that hunt, that honeymoon's done because now you're going to the Big Ten. And if you look at the big picture of the Big Ten, you've got more physical players in the Big Ten. That's just obvious. You've got bad weather in the Big Ten that you're going to have to contend with. And, oh, by the way, you've got Ohio State, Michigan, and even right now I would take Penn State. You know my feelings on Penn State over USC. So you're looking at a conference you used to dominate. It's a whole different ballgame now for Lincoln Riley and USC. Yeah, it's absurd. Uh, I can't really add anything to what I've said. No, you've you've said quite enough. Um, So, look (laughs) – 
end of the day, we're going to the final weekend of the college football season, which is crazy. A lot of rivalries coming up next weekend, starting Thursday with the Egg Bowl going through Sunday. This is going to be a fascinating watch, as we always do. We will bring it for you here on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel. For Paul Feinbaum, I'm Matt Berry. This is the Matt Berry Show and your weekly Sunday recap.